on this week's check-in on the Kenyans National Team, we do with a special guest from Footy and Beer. We have Alejandro. Um, he comes on to us and talks a little bit about what we're liking about the Canadian men's national team, what we're looking forward to in the next window, and reminiscing a little bit about how we first fell in love with the sport that we love. Tune in and enjoy. Another episode of The Africans. Today it's a special day, I would say. Um, we are not simply staying on the continent of Africa. We've, we've gone international finally. Um, not just Canadian, not just African. We have traveled the depths of the earth and we have found someone I think who's going to get a good impression, a good good insight on the Canadian national team. I've actually interacted with them a little bit. actually first met them commenting on a YouTube video we were both watching. And from there, I'd like to say we're best friends, but I don't think he'd agree with me there. But I think we'd be pretty close to that as well. So on the podcast today, we have Mr. Alejandro. Alejandro, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing quite fabulous, in fact. That is wonderful. We're going to cover a lot of Canadian men national team content. But I mean, I want to start with you a little bit and how you kind of got involved with following the sport. I know if you look at your email, you are uh, Peruvian, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Peruvian uh, background. Yeah, that's that, that so. Is that is true. So between you and me, like I am Canadian, but then I have a Ghanaian background. So my introduction to the sport was very much heavily influenced by my parents and that Ghanaian aspect. Still watching football kind of go through. So like my first real memory of football or soccer, depending on where you want to talk about it, was actually 1999. We were on a trip to uh, Ghana for that summer. And we got the chance to watch um, the Jamaican national team play Ghana for a international friendly. And then they played the uh, the club league, the, the Ghana Premier League champion at the time. So to me, that was my first real introduction. And at that point, I think I was playing as a, as a central defensive midfield until mm-hmm. they eventually decided to put me as a keeper. How about yourself? What? How did you first get into the sport? And like, how was that transition going from just strictly being Canadian to that duality of Peruvian and Canadian and balancing those two? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I did start playing football very young. My dad wanted, it got me involved in the sport, you know, like when I was mm-hmm. like, maybe about four or five years old, you know, uh, play non-competitively at my local house league, you know, then, then he wanted me to pursue more of a pro career. So he took me for training to South America, you know, to Peru to develop mm-hmm. because there were, there was hardly any opportunities in Canada at the time. So I went trained there, did schooling there for six and a half years, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, he even intended me to enroll in one of the uh, cl- biggest club academies there at one point, you know, or at least go for trial with them. But, you know, we went different direction and whatnot, liked it. And then we ended up coming back here and I just went a different course. I, But I still always loved the game, always playing on weekends. I always used to ask him to take me to the park, kick the ball, play some small pickup games with the guys, particularly down there. My passion was always there. I was always excited when Men's World Cup came around, you know, regardless if our national teams were not in it, I always enjoy it, you know. We, uh, you know, uh, I always would watch with the kids from my academy. We were big fans of those uh, kind of dream like Brazil teams from the late 90s, mm-hmm. 2000s, like, oh, two, yeah. we were big fan of the original Ronaldo. Every time he came into the field, we'd be like, Ronaldo, yeah, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was no, my that, guy. That yeah. is true. Yeah. I think I think growing up, like my first real football with friends moment was definitely the 2002 World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> that that World Cup to me was because that's like when I started looking at my peers as not just Canadian. Because then, like, I'd be like, yo, you're you're Canadian, but, like, you're German. So you're rooting for the German team? They're like, yeah, for sure. And they'd be like, who are you rooting for? I'm like, well, my team didn't make it yet, but they will one day. They will. But then, like, you had, like, the whole continental pride aspect of it, right? So yeah. Senegal beats France in that first game. It's like, it's not Ghana, but we'll take it. We'll yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and... And the Brazil's team in that edition was pretty good, dominant, all coincident last time since they, they last won it. But yeah, that was a good team. Looking back, it was a great team, you know. You know, and I was a big fan of you. I'm sure you know of Ronaldo, like R9. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was my guy. I know he's got out of shape and whatnot since he stopped playing, but he was <laughs> fantastic player. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think... In my opinion, better than CR7. That's, that's how far I go with that. Yeah. Oh, I would agree with you there just because. I think, and like we, we could have this conversation, but it's not really a conversation. I think because of how he was able to truly dominate in every league he played in, and he didn't just stay in one league, right? And and I yeah. think you can credit to a degree CR7 for being able to be good, not only in the Premier League, then in La Liga, and then to yeah. a degree and in Serie A. Mm-hmm. But then Ronaldo was just like, what? where is he? Inter now? Cool. Okay. He's at Barca now. Cool. He's good. Every league, every team he was on, he was a focal part and he yep. dominated. And to me, I was just like, that's why they were good. But then again, if we look back, we were spoiled by that Brazilian team. Oh, yeah. Was that just, was a great team. Yeah. That Looking team back, was yeah. just too good. And because I remember I was watching that team and I was like, oh, yeah. And then they had Robinho coming off the bench. What? Mm-hmm. Ronaldinho, <laughs> like, Ribaldo, all those names. Oh. All the yeah. R's, and it's like, yeah, just throw just let's pepper in some Robinho off the edge. Yeah. Like, oh. Think, think of it as uh, a U.S. Olympic basketball team. That's kind of how it was for football, like Brazil's. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because they just had wave after wave after wave of talent, and then I think mm-hmm. pretty much that last. I think that last great Brazilian team was definitely 2006. Yeah, and that agree. one. Is, and that's just one Tai Chu away from making it to the semis and actually doing mm-hmm. something there. Yeah. That was a I mean that was a bittersweet moment for me because they beat Ghana in the uh Yeah, yeah, 16. I remember that. <laughs> and like I remember watching that game and just feeling like angry. And then I rewatched it, I was like, if we could actually finish, we could mm-hmm. have actually had a better match against Brazil in that match. But mm-hmm. man, just the development of them and how they're going on, how they're building is really interesting. But hey, we get we could wax poetic about our younger days following uh, Brazilian football. But what we're here to talk about is the Canadians yeah. national team. Oh yeah, which has us, the two of us excited about something that many of us didn't picture was going to happen because it looked it was it was so hopeless and pessimistic for so long, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean. I don't know how long you've been following the national team. I, I was a follower, I will say. I followed them since the 2010 cycle, but I wasn't considered mm-hmm. a fan, just a casual follower. But now nah, yeah. didn't give me any hope, you know. I would stick to 
my homeland country. I was always a big fan, believe it or not, of Chile because my great grandmother's from Chile, you know, okay. so I, I used to sigh for them a lot too, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, nah, I kind of look so hopeless, especially because they would never make the hacks or, you know, before it used to be called the hacks, you know, yeah, always yeah. come way short or finish bottom last in the stage before, you know, no 10 was the case. 014, 018, it came closer, but still, you know, and the 014 cycle, that famous dropping of 8-1 by Honduras, which I thought was <laughs> laughable at the time, you know? Yo, let me tell you, I had Honduran and El Salvadorian friends, and we were talking because we were hyped, like, yo, it's going to be a good game. Like, we, we did well against them in Canada. We're just going to Honduras. And I remember I I at halftime, I called him. I was just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this, but I hope we can come back. And he was just like, I hope they make it a game. They didn't make it a game. Honduras is PTSD to like Canadian men's national team. Oh, absolutely. I know a diehard who's been following national team. He's quite older than us for a while. And Mm -hmm. just mentioning that, that, that name, like you said, PTSD, actually he can get enraged. He said, Oh, don't remind me, but Oh man, that Mm -hmm. would, I hope this time we get we we come back and do what they did to us, you know. Let's go eight nail this time. He went like oh, I, nice. Yeah. And it's funny because when we started the qualifications against Honduras and they went up, like there's a moment where I'm pretty sure all the fans are thinking, not again, please, exactly, just not again. Yeah, Which was a thing, and I think seeing that team able to really put it together really yeah. was encouraging. And to be honest, it's a weird place to be. And I think I said it in my last Canadians men's uh, podcast. Yeah. I am comfortable with this team, right? I'm not overconfident with them. I'm comfortable with them. Me too. Yeah. Right. And like, and, and my reasoning is this. Um, so we watched them throughout all of qualifications and I think one thing that, and definitely comment on this if you think so, I think having to go through that qualification um, tournament helped the team in different ways. Um, and if you look at the teams that went through qualification, I think outside of maybe El Salvador, who is middle table right now, yeah, Panama agreed. went through it, Canada went through it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is I think, having to play so many matches, but then also having to rotate the roster like they did, left mm-hmm. us left the team in a comfortable position where they aren't necessarily afraid. I think the depth of the team is definitely there. Yeah. And whenever they were challenged, they were able to really respond. And I think that was really seen in the Gold Cup. Like when yeah. someone would score against them, it'd be like, okay, they would come back and you'd almost expect, okay, next 10 minutes are going to bunch two or three goals. It happened against Martinique, which again, yeah, isn't the greatest I remember that. Yeah, that's a right. lame one to give away to start a game. I still remember, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then yeah. against Haiti, up 2-0, concede a goal, and then they just kind of took over the game. And then the loss to the States, it was literally just, okay, they got scored on first minute of the game by about the 20th minute, it was just, no, we're controlling the flow of this game. We're, we're just controlling. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get the results. It wasn't a disappointing result, but it was a, 
frustrating result because you were happy that we didn't just fold, but you were annoyed that we didn't get draw and at least move up. How do you feel about the team moving from all the qualifications all the way through to the Gold Cup? No, I think it was good. After all, I think a couple of the quality, the cohesion and the chemistry of the team, you know, something that not the other teams in the Hex really had the opportunity to for playing together for that long and whatnot. And we can start, we can kind of have start seeing it now in this round, you know, it's safe for maybe the first game against Honduras a little bit, you know, there was a little bit of, you know, a lack of chemistry, whatnot, as I heard a lot in the comments a bit, but I think, yeah, it did pay dividends. I think it was not not a bad idea to play all those games. I know people are questioning ah, but the opposition, you know, people are I, mean, I don't think this team could do it and with the bigger guys, but here we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, most definitely. And I think yeah. moving into those, I think if you look at where they are so far, so right now they're sitting in third in mm-hmm. the octagonal with 10 points. And I think agree with me. Tell me if you agree with this. I think every window we've had a surprising result a disappointing result and a comfortable result. You mean from Canada or yeah, from, the- from Canada? Oh. Yeah, Just I agree. Can- yeah, I do right? agree with that. In the September window, it was like disappointing was drawing against Honduras. Absolutely, hundred percent. But then, but then surprising was drawing and quite frankly deserving the win against the U.S. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. In the road, keep in mind. Not on, in exactly. On yeah. the road there. Yeah. And then coming back and then finishing off El Salvador without Davies, which was, was I think, an convincing. important thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then October window, Mexico was a surprising. And I think that's what makes the October window a little bit... Su- it wasn't disappointing, but like I can understand if someone thought five was what we wanted. But yeah. then after the Mexico draw, we were like, okay, that's Mexico. And we should have won that game. So then um, we should beat Jamaica, right? Yeah, and that's we, what everybody was didn't. expecting. Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, that was, we, yeah, it was a pretty bad game, in, in all honesty. Pretty ugly. Not, quality was not the best. But yeah, you. but we got something, a point. But. No, and definitely getting something was the important thing. And I think mm-hmm. the Jamaican team told us more about what our issues are as a team. Exactly. Agree. Uh, then I won't I won't I won't look at Honduras as that game because the Honduras game was more okay, you're feeling this and you have people who are used to this type of level and we're just coming into this. Let's mm-hmm. get our body warm, let's go after this. But Jamaica Jamaica is a team that and I and I said that on uh I think on like IMAX and stuff. Jamaica yeah, is yeah, a type yeah. of team that is that has the talent to like score three against you. Yeah. For sure. Or they can stink and they can just stink the bed. And I hope they don't score three against us because they are the type of team that if they are smart, they should be playing like Cat is with a lot of countering, bunkering well defensively, but then hitting on the wins. And they do have the talent to finish. They just did not. Mm-hmm. And then the Panama game was, I mean, we could talk about the Panama game. I think we've oh, man. spoken about the Panama game. Amazing. Um, just, Alfonso Davies, that is. Oh all. my goodness! Yeah, that goal. Oh, I still reeling a bit of it, even though it's been two and a half weeks. But man, it's still there, man. Still in, still living the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was quite the moment because I remember just watching. I was like, oh, he, oh, he, he got the, 
And the funniest thing was like, I was watching a game and like my sister is in the room now, like I was on my laptop watching it and I'm just yelling. I'm like, there's no VAR. <laughs> there's no VAR. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They can't review it. Exactly. Oh, but man. a ball was, to be honest, in play still because it was just uh, uh, just about over the line. It wasn't fully out of the line. So, you know, when because I had a, you probably saw the videos that they edit and why not to show better angles. The ball was still yeah. just over the line. So I think it was still safe. But Barr could have easily canceled it, you know. But oh, I don't know. It could have gone either way with Barr, to be honest. It could have. But like yeah. that was a moment. But then once again, once that score was just 10 minutes later, it's four. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're we went on a friend scene. Like, holy, mm-hmm. it's like a lit turn off for us. Really, like, holy, it like really a switch. is. Yeah, and that's the thing. In that happened against El Salvador as well. So, like, seeing that team, I think we've seen so many different versions of the team. We've seen the team that can just control and dictate the pace. We've seen this team as fearless. And I think mm-hmm. the first time we saw it was really Costa Rica in the Gold Cup, where yeah. they just said, "You know what, we." we think we're better than you and we're going to play like it. And it was the oddest thing I'd seen in a while. I was not used to Canada taking it to a top CONCACAF team and saying, we are not afraid of you. Mm -hmm. Oh man. There's, I I mean, we could wax poetic about this for so much, but let's talk about evaluating this team so far. Yeah. Um, Through the first, I think, Let's look at three categories. Um, we have most valuable player through the two windows. The least valuable are the player that's disappointed us the most. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, the player that we think is the most important. Now, you, you can use, you can repeat players as well if you'd like to do that. Yeah. But let, let's kind of go back and forth with this. I think the easiest one would be the most valuable player yeah. for both windows. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to thank you for uh, choosing a, <laughs> I, was gonna, I was about to choose Charles Andres Brim, but I'm not going to be that person. Um, but no, it's clearly Alfonso Davies. Oh, Alfonso oh Davies. Uh, certainly in the October window, since he played mm-hmm. all games in the Panama game in was seven, even against Mexico, even though he ate a chance, like Gomiongo, uh, like he missed uh, after mm-hmm. a night superb cross from Buchanan, but he oh, was a threat. Was, he yeah. gave them fits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think that second window showed us. I said this not as a damning point, but it is something that is great, but also get him in a spot where he can continue to control. I think when you have a player like him, Mm -hmm. you can almost put him anywhere in the attacking third or the midfield in theory, and he could dominate that well with his pace. Yeah. There was at some points I was saying, if we play a four, two, three, one, why not try him at the 10? If we have like the wing depth later on in his career, but I mean, I'm talking about this man like he's 26, 27. He's just 20. I know. So, crazy. Yeah. But again, watching him playing forward against Panama and you just saw him with those runs, trying to make runs all the time. I just sat there saying, oh, now yeah. if we did that, <laughs> we just need a few more wingers. And I think the depth of the, of the program is wingers. If you look at it, like from your Schaffelbergs, Nelson, whenever he breaks through, and yeah. even overseas, like we have a lot of good attacking depth. But yeah, yeah. I'd agree with you. The yeah. player, the most valuable player of the window would be Alfonso Davies. Yeah, without a doubt. He showed his quality in that Panama goal. He, oh, like three players. Three players are going to have sleepless nights after that night. Mm-hmm. The way he just killed them, you know, including the goalkeeper that didn't even move, you know, if you yes. thought a replay. The defender, oh man, yeah. 
Yeah, like the guy was just unstoppable in that moment. And in the game, he even, I don't know if you saw clearly some other highlights before the goal, some plays that he said where he dribbled through four or five players. Yeah. Nuts, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a type of player that you have to pay attention to. And I think having him on the ball the most, I think the other like favorite play of that window was the Mexico game when Lorea made the run. Oh, yeah. On the left-hand side. And then he cut it to Davies, who cut back inside and played it to him. And Buchanan missed the rebound off of Lorea. Oh, yeah. And that was just like, that told me two things. And that kind of spoils another person I'm going to talk about later on. But that type of depth and just speed, you have to respect it. Like, Mm -hmm. that entire Mexico game was just, Davies has the ball. There's two people and there's a third on their way. They're not messing around with that. Mm-hmm. And once he learns to just to make a decision quickly, which he does do, but if he gets a little faster with his decision making, then you have people who are moving and they're out of position and then you have free runners everywhere. Exactly. And if there's one player that I trust crossing the ball to someone who's available, it is without a doubt Alfonso Davies. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's Ghana born, as you must be aware, you know, even though he's Liberian, mm-hmm. but he's Ghana born and Lai is Ghanaian like you, Ghanaian Canadian, I'm sure. Yes, you know. he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the Jamaican match and the Panama match. I was just like, yo, like, don't, Ghanaians get mad quick. Let's, let's not start this fight here. Okay. Let's yeah. just get safely out of this and let's not because yeah. zero to survive. Yeah, exactly. because it could have gone either way, to be honest. We we could have easily mm-hmm. lost and have a whole lot of conversation because Jamaica had some good chance. And we had some good chance, especially the Liam Miller miss, you know, like which was lame, you know. We could have won it as well. So yeah. Could have been a whole lot of conversation, negative or positively, to be fair. Indeed, yeah. indeed. And speaking of yeah. negative, who's the player you think not who has disappointed you the most, but you were looking for more out of? So like, um Okay, um, well, he hard, he only played one game in total in the three windows, and I'm kind of a little bit surprised, you know, that he even got the call. And I know that he is not being, he's been quite disappointed this season for his clubs. I would say Cav, like Lucas Cavallini, you know, but then again, he only okay. played one game because he came as a sub against El Salvador and it didn't yeah. play at all this window and didn't play the first two games, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think he... You know, judging by his performance with El Salvador when he came on, I don't think he made much of an impact. And I know in a club level, he he has him. He's been quite disappointing, to be honest. You know, but he is. That's a good shout. That's yeah, definitely a good shout. Like yeah. I think for me, and it's it's like find a player that you think doesn't fit, and it's a weird thing to to really say, because I think this is almost it's almost blasphemous for me to suggest this. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I'm not going to suggest this player. To me, the two players who I were not necessarily disappointed, I would say disappointed in is a fair way to say it, would mm-hmm. be Jonathan David. And the reason why I say Jonathan David, but it's not his fault. Yeah. Right? I'm disappointed in Jonathan David because he hasn't produced like he has at club. But then you, when you look at how he plays at club, it's his best match that he played was the third match of both windows. Yeah, I agree. And when you look at Panama, it's not only that he played with Davies. That's not the thing. The thing with David, Jonathan David is a perfect dual striker, right? He needs the support up top, 
because he can't always create on his own. So mm-hmm. being put in a position to try to create, you see him trying to drop back. And you saw this especially against um, especially against Mexico and to a degree Jamaica. He was dropping in further, closer to the midfield to get like a few touches on the ball and play that up. But then that left just the wings for him to turn and run. And that left sometimes Davies making runs on his own or Miller making runs on his own. Yeah. He's disappointing yeah. from a goal-scoring standpoint. I agree. Yeah, that's a very but, valid point. I mm-hmm. do agree with you, especially the first two games of this window, you know, especially because mm-hmm. he was he came in in good, great form from France, remember, Lille. He was scoring goals and whatnot. I did expect that like, he could, you know, I was hopeful he was going to score at the Azteca, but obviously mm-hmm. that didn't happen. So, And then the Jamaican game came, scoreless draw. All he didn't get in the mm-hmm. score sheet, he, you know, he had a good chance on goal against Panup. That remember that he passed it, and I think uh, it ended up being in a waters spoon miss or something like that. There was a moment. Yeah. And then he had one, but he shot with his weak foot, miss. And then mm-hmm. he was a little fortunate to get that goal. To be honest, I mean, he didn't, it wasn't his best of strikes, but still managed to put it in in the fourth goal against Panama. But yeah. no, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, like disappointing is the right, but like I'm not angry at him because no, 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 yeah, yeah. But I agree. It's a great uh, point and a great uh, way to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and that and that's a good thing for them. And I think figuring out we're used to to Canada playing with like three, that three in the back, whether with that four midfield or five midfield, but then they went with a four, two, three, one modified four, three, three. And it's like, if you're playing that type of system, you need a striker who can survive up there alone. And the only one that I trust alone right now is Kyle Laren. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Laren. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like for David, David is a player. If you're going to play him, you have to play him as a dual striker unless you believe, and that's this is a big if, unless you believe he is someone you can play as a 10, which I don't want to experiment with that. As, no, as, no. Exactly. No. Yeah, I agree. So who who should he partner up with? Kyle Laring would be your suggestion? Jonathan David, if he's to be paired up with another striker? Would that be your go-to suggestion? Right now, yes. And mm-hmm. I know you'll have people who will say it doesn't work, it hasn't worked, but mm-hmm. both of them can work well. Yep. I know he had a lot of success with Cavallini at the Gold Cup, where Cavallini was playing more like Ulmaz, like was playing at Lille, and then he could run off of that and have that physicality, and he could use the speed. But I think Laren can do the same thing, just Laren's a little bit more, not that he's more technical, but he'll play with a little bit more finesse sometimes, and sometimes mm-hmm. he'll just say, it doesn't matter. I'm getting to that far post because this ball will reach me and I'm going to exactly. score. Exactly. Exactly. So, and Larry's an improved player, to be fair. He's improved mm-hmm. a lot in his game since, you know, he first started with National Tour and the MLS, you know. like Again, not the most technical, but hey, he has improved some aspects in that and other aspects of the game that you just mentioned. Yeah. like He's a different yeah, player definitely. compared to when he was, you know, 2015, 2016. I'm sure you must oh, still definitely. be aware of that. Miss against El Salvador 2015 Gold Cup in an open net. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's a fair point. I think that works. And then I think this now leads us to our third category. Who has been the most important player for the squad? Important and player. For, yeah, in both windows. And and I'll go first and you tell me if you agree with this. Yeah, sure. Um, there may be bias in this, and I've already kind of hinted who I'm gonna go with, but I think Richie Light was the most important player 
in both windows. And I think I really noticed it playing against Jamaica. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he and we were again, missing that guy. Yeah, <laughs> we were. And again, this is not a knock against Sam Adekubi. Adekubi is a great left back, but mm-hmm. he's more of a left back than Davies and Lai are, who are attacking mids, attacking exactly. wingers, etc. So, like, that entire sequence, for example, against Mexico, when Lai is going down the left side, passes it off to Davies, who passes back to Lai, who shoots, rebound, Buchanan misses, that was available, but Adekubi wasn't taking it because he's much more of a defensive... Exactly, minded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing wrong with the player. He oh, does no. come up. I mean, yeah. he definitely had... He sent Davies for that goal against the U.S., and that exactly. really was speed versus thing, but... Seeing how Lai really could add that additional pace, yeah. Really, against Jamaica, I was watching a game and saying we really missed that player. I mean, you could have said um, Estacio because he's basically played mostly every games. You could mm-hmm. have said Alistair Johnston, who, if you had asked me who Alistair Johnston was five months ago, I would have mm-hmm. said I don't know. And now I'm just saying if he's not on the team, I have questions for everyone. But I think Lai, just from an attacking standpoint, was the most important player so far. What about you? Yeah, I do agree with your point on Lai, especially because he can be like the most uh, kind of, I noticed he can be kind of a bit of a secret weapon and the less obvious one because he plays kind of, we use him more in a defensive role. Probably a lot of teams probably don't pay much attention. They don't expect he's going to be attacking that much. But because, you know, he originally was an attacking player. He was a midfield. He even plays a 10. He's mm-hmm. got that flair, that technique to go forward and to initiate attack. So he can be a not. He definitely can serve that kind of like that hitting attack option, especially when one area is not working. He can make a difference. Yeah. Uh, I do like your assessment on light. But uh, someone I was going to chose, you know, who has a little bit of lie in him because capable of defending, but obviously he's more attack mining, but has a bit of Davis in him, uh, which is you, I'm sure you're going to be able to tell who this is, Buchanan, Tejan Buchanan. Yes. And he also was missing in the Jamaica game, and I think he was a big miss, and if you look back at the El Salvador game, remember there was no Davis, and I think Buchanan really, really kind of left his mark there, and that was a big reason mm-hmm. we got the result. Like, he was pretty active, and he really got the offense going, got his goal, yeah. and yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agreed. I think the Gold Cup for Buchanan was able to establish himself as a player that you can't play Canada without, right? Mm-hmm. Before, yeah. you had only seen it when the Olympic qualifiers, but once the Gold Cup came, you were just like, and especially when Davies went out, it was just, okay, who's going to replace him? And then yeah. Tejan just said, yeah, I'll just, I got legs. I can run. I'll do this. Yeah. And then at some was, point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that whole Gold Cup gave him confidence overall, and I really liked that aspect. It's a good choice, most important, because having him on the right side means if you try to favor, if you try to shift to that left side, you can do that. They'll switch it on you and look at the U.S. game where Mm -hmm. how many crosses were they sending in that Noah was getting on the end of? Buchanan Mm -hmm. had like two, Adekubi had two, Larea had like one. Mm Mm-hmm. Even Buchanan, so, when he came off yeah. the bench, he, he looked threatening. He came up with a good play out in the right side. I think he beat a mm-hmm. guy 1v1 and a cross, but no one there to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, that was true. So, yeah, I like your choice for Buchanan, and I think it's a good it's a good call. It's a good piece. I think mm-hmm. if you don't have Davies, if you have Buchanan in the lineup, it definitely does help. I mm-hmm. would always – I would probably say 
But if you have Lai and Buchanan and our Davies, it allows you to at least you have to honor either side. Because oh, absolutely. You can't just say, let's just shut down Davies because Lai will beat you with space and technical ability and Buchanan will beat you with pace and his technical ability is improving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. So looking at the squad, I mean, next window we have two matches. Mm-hmm. We have Costa Rica, then we have Mexico again. Yeah, in Alberta. This what time. is? Yeah. Oh, ah, uh, the the crisp, the crisp weather of Alberta, where it's never cold. Uh, yeah. I look forward to this. What yeah. is your points expectation for this window? You think? Oh, okay. <laughs> Ideally, you know, I want the six points, you know, but uh, yeah, of expectations, course. expectations could be tricky. I think, I think a fair expectations could be four, you know, mm-hmm. like probably more realistic, I would say, you know, I'm yeah. afraid to go lower than that, you know, but I mean, it could happen, but I hope not, you know, but four could be probably for me could be the worst case in my opinion, but I'm hoping for the full six. Yeah. Like I win in a tie, mm-hmm. I think it's quite realistic you know uh uh yeah uh yeah yeah Yeah. i think we can i think we have the quality to beat costa rica because my recency bias says we beat them at the gold cup without Mm -hmm. now granted they didn't have killer navas and that's that is true we didn't have davies david or laren that game yeah so i think and we were controlling that game with junior hoylet playing as a dual as a winger and contributor. Striker. So yeah, if, if Junior Hoylet can be that effective, uh, I, I feel good. Jonathan David, have yourself a night, really. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we're capable. Yeah, even with you know with who you mentioned now, as although he did get injured after that last game, this window. I don't know if you were mm-hmm. aware of that. Left the game against I was. the USMNT. Yeah. Don't know if he'll be available. I don't because I know he's a backup. He's not a starter anyways anymore for PSG since Donnarumma arrived. You know, so yeah. uh, uh, I don't know if he'll be. But I still think we're capable at least. getting past them by the minimum count, you know, by a goal or something, you know. I think it's quite realistic, you know. And it's an aging squad. Costa Rica's a very old squad. I think the average, like, 35, 36, I once saw. It is. They don't got legs. They don't have the stamina anymore, you know. Like, Mm -hmm. with our young, pacey players for full 90s, I think there'll be a time where they're going to get worn out, yeah. Kind of like we saw in the World Cup, yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. So I think that would be a game where if you can get, a, like a quick two or three on them and then maybe sub off your best players by like 60th 70th minute that way they're rested now you have more space because it's only two games but like mm-hmm. ideally if you wrap this game up by like the 60th minute then yeah. it's just okay let's get some players get some run let's go from there the mexico mm-hmm. game is the intriguing one because mexico has usa and exactly canada yeah, they're so, North American brothers. Yeah, this this uh, this date. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think Mexico can be had in yeah. on a second game here. Mm-hmm. Am I bullish enough to take it and say that well they'll do it? No, because it's Mexico. Exactly. And I respect Mexico. Me too. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if we came away from this window with three points, I wouldn't be mad. Okay. But I'm expecting four. Expecting four. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's pretty I fair. Think Costa yeah. Rica win. Yeah, I think Costa Rica is the win. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I think a draw against Mexico, where they don't take any points from you, and you and you essentially leave 
equal, I think mm-hmm. that is great. Yeah, that that will still do, you know. Like I won't mm-hmm. be it won't be the same as six, but still, you know, as long as we don't lose, you know, or like get zero points, least get something, I think I will be fairly yeah. satisfied. Mind you, I'm not going to be as excited or as happy, you know, but I mean, mm-hmm. at least kind of I say, ah, we got something, you know, we survived, you know. A lot of it depends how the other games go, of course, because that affects standings, right, because they move around, mm-hmm. but yeah. Which is why I think beating Costa Rica matters more to me. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Costa, if you beat Costa Rica, you're now seven points clear of them. Mm-hmm. If they beat you, they're now one point behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the Costa Rica match matters the most mm-hmm. for me because then you put them at 13, and then Canada's at 13, Costa Rica's at six, and then you're playing with found money against Mexico. If you get a draw, you're at 14, and depending on what the U.S. has, Mexico, then Jamaica. And Jamaica's Jekyll and Hyde. They could either be the worst team in the group or they can decide that, yeah, actually, we have the talent to beat you. So mm-hmm. I don't trust Jamaica with any predictions. If someone says they're going to get killed, I'm going to assume they're going to kill the team. So yeah. I don't, I yeah. can't trust Jamaica there. And then the US is. <laughs> USMNT, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the funny thing with like the loudest four teams in CONCACAF is that. If you look at them, all their coaches walking into this, you they all had question marks. Jamaica, tactically, we were wondering what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Mexico, was it were they putting the right players in the right positions, or were they just waiting for their big guns to be healthy? Mm-hmm. The U.S. There's always a game that he does something questionable. Berhalter yep. always has a game where he's like, "I'm just gonna do this," and it's like it doesn't work. And then Canada was. Is Herdman's mad scientist mind going to bite him at some point? Yeah. And I think those, I think so far, Herdman's been playing the most consistent, which has made him the best. Mexico's been getting results, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And Berhalter's had two games in both windows. Well, one game in each window where you question what are they doing? Yeah. Are you referring to that loss in Panama and uh, tie in El Salvador? Are those the ones that are, that he, that you're questioning about from the I, I actually I actually question more the win against Honduras than the okay. draw in El Salvador. Oh because okay, good point. Because the win against Honduras, he makes changes at halftime and it's he needs just from that. But then it's like, do you get credit for adjusting from the mistakes that you made, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's like me breaking your arm and then taking you to the hospital. Right. Right. Do I get credit for taking you to the hospital? No, I broke your arm. We can't ignore this. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think in that aspect, that's where I question Burhalter there. Yeah. I think he's Burhalter and fair or unfair assessment. Burhalter to me is not. He's not. He's not Ole from Man U, but he's the type. He. I feel like that's the best comparison. Because Mm -hmm. tactically, sometimes he makes the wrong choices, but he can be bailed out by the talent that he has. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's a fair assessment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on that aspect, that's the thing. Um, So two matches this window. Is there any player, and we'll get to the four categories in a minute here. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there, are there play, would you change the call-ups for this coming up? Is there anyone who wasn't called up you would want to call up for this window here? 
Uh, a lot of it will depend on the form and situation of players. Like oh, of course, yeah. And not. So, no, it's but certainly... But, like, based uh, off what you see right now. Yeah, yeah, certainly I don't respect, or I wouldn't call Brim with all due respect again, you know? Yeah. Like, that one really had my head scratching. What see, the heck? Yeah. See, <laughs> I, I'm not going to just... I, I think Brim was the right... And I think the more I looked at the reaction to it, and I agree with it, I think Brim was the right idea, but the wrong person. Right, yeah. Right? Because, like, a player like Brim is, okay, you want to see your players progressing through the development systems. Yes, Brim played at U23, and then you want to see that player go through. I think most people would have been like, well, he was a good player, yes, but why not have a uh, a Richie Enden come in? Or any mm-hmm. other forward who's actually playing well, or a Glover Amanda who's playing well um, out in yeah. Austria, like any one of those players who are actually in form. Right. The other thing that you have to also keep in mind is that they gambled on the call-ups and yeah. the gambles backfired. They yeah. called up three players and left with four injured. So mm-hmm. Brim was there, but I don't think Brim was supposed to be getting any playing time. Because you expected Cavalini to be in somewhat game form. You expected yeah. to have Laren. Yeah. In worst case scenario, you could have played Hoylet up there. And yeah. all three, uh, Hoylet gets injured in Jamaica training. Yeah. And it's like, what can you do? But the other two were injured when they were coming in. Yeah. And I think we got away with it this window. We did, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's mad at Brim if he's just on the team and, and he's just getting integrated into the team. No one's mad at that. No, no, that's fact, a good yeah. thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that he had to play, and it's like, okay, why did he have to play? Yeah. Because of the injuries. Okay, were they injured there or were they injured before coming in? And that's mm-hmm. the thing. So I yeah. think that's like my thing. I, I, I know you want to keep that same group together, Herdman, and I respect that. But at the same time, Healthy bodies are better than a group that are familiar. Yes, cohesiveness, continuity, that stuff matters. But mm-hmm. you can't have continuity when the players you need aren't available. The best ability is availability. Exactly. So, yeah. And I still rate Rim. I think the guy has potential. If you see some mm-hmm. of his dribbles, some of his passing, is good. I think he just needs more development, more more polishing in his game, and he can be a more important player down the road. But I still think he's pretty raw. Like, there's nothing, you know. Like, uh, yeah, like uh, I'm not I'm not saying that that the guy does not have the level to play, but. Uh, mm-hmm. He just got to continue development. I think he's in a good place right now in the Earth to DBC, second division Netherlands yeah. you know, for that. And he gets consistent playing time and whatnot, I think. Yeah, I think he can, down the road, become a more important player maybe for us or for his club. Yeah, so. Agreed, yeah. agreed. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I think, like, again, like, another player that I'm just thinking of, which I'm actually surprised, I know Miller's going to get the slack for missing the shot against Jamaica, yeah. mm-hmm. but like, I am like getting the right loan or the right transfer matters. Yes. Because like at the end of gold cup or even at the beginning of the gold cup between him and Theo Corbinu, right? Mm-hmm. Those two players, you were like, Oh, Corbinu's in like yeah. the man, the man's playing. He's got the pace. He's going. And now Corbin is at Sheffield Wednesday and is having a terrible time there, barely yep. getting playing time. 
Mm-hmm. Miller's getting playing time is working his way into it. And it's like, it's a lesson to all young players. It's not about, and again, both are not at the same level where they went from their academies, but getting the right team to transfer to and getting the minutes you need is so important because it's like, you're almost looking at Corbin who has a wasted year at this point, unless it changes come mm-hmm. November, December, January, like right. Corbin who went from like, Oh, he's a lock to this roster to like, is he even a lock on his team? Yeah. Yeah. Feel certainly not at his team at this time. I, no. Yeah, because he, I don't think he's even making the 23 or whatever it is called now, yeah. the, the game day squad. Yeah. He's not, yeah. He's barely on making the game day squad. I think he played eight minutes this past weekend. So okay. it was like, okay. I mean, at least we're celebrating that he made the squad. Mm-hmm. But man, it's, he's the man. The, I mean, he's still young, which is encouraging. Yeah. So he still has time to really overcome this and really work on whatever he needs to work on. But man, getting the right that right fit, these challenges, it matters. And getting yeah. those positions where you can actually get your feet wet and actually play around and move. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. So like quickly, quick rundown, like, so assuming everyone's healthy, you're pretty much bringing the same type of, the same core of people? Uh, yeah, I will, I will pretty much, you know, bring the same core of players. Mm. What maybe may I don't I'm I wouldn't be too sure about uh Schaffer maybe you know uh, okay or maybe Liam Fraser even but mm-hmm. yeah uh, no I don't I I think those I'm fine with them being there because I don't mind having that pace to continue right because like in a in a perfect world you're beating Costa Rica and then you take off Buchanan Davies. And then you put on Miller and Schaffelberg, who still have the pace to go up and down the wings. So it's like you're not getting a break here. And you just can kind of continue to play that just pedal to the metal with football. I don't mind those two being there. But okay. I think having a Hoylet there. Yeah, Hoylet would be can, nice to have. Who can, yeah. who can umbrella them a bit so you can have that composure and that experience on the pitch to kind of play through. And I think that also helps in that midfield section as well. Mm-hmm. Because now you don't have to play Osorio all three games. You don't have to play, yeah. And then Liam Frazier coming in to play either CDM or a little bit of winger or center back. Not mm-hmm. a terrible idea. Yeah. I don't mind them if they keep this. As long as everyone's healthy, that's fine. Yeah. I'm fine with them keeping that roster there. Yeah, me too. And getting yeah. our four to six points. Mm-hmm, exactly. So you would keep pretty much the same roster there from this window for the next one. Yeah, I would keep this roster from the last window because the only real switch was um, Scott Kennedy and Derek Cornelius. And Cornelius played well against Jamaica. Yeah, he did. So, he was, he was, he was, uh, he didn't disappoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked what they were able to do there. I think, and even like Wotherspoon had, had his moments against Panama. Yep. I mean, a little, a little shaky at, in the final third, but like that, that curler he tried to hit at the beginning of the second half. I was just like, oh, oh yeah, this is why I'm secretly a Wotherspoon stand. I get it now. No, this is right. Why. Yeah, I like that. I so I don't mind them bringing back that entire squad and playing them. Yeah. I'd like to see Wotherspoon play a little bit more and just kind of rotate because I think he does have the pace and just the IQ to really 
play well within the speed around him. So I like his off-ball movement for that. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I agree. All right. So were you going to say something there or did I cut you off? No, no, no. Uh, I, I, was, okay. I was pretty good. I was just going to just suggest uh, something I just going to maybe uh, ask you about uh, kind of talking about a player. So I don't know. If, I don't know if it can be kind of soft talk is who would be your guy for dead ball situations with the current squad? Like, you know, free kicks, corner kicks. Who do you like to to take those? I like Estacchio or Davies. But the thing okay. is, Estacchio, whenever it's Estacchio, you know what's coming. It's a mm-hmm. long ball to Victoria, far post, and yeah. it's, he's hanging it back in. It's unstoppable, but you know what's coming. Yeah. But Davies, yeah. I think, will give you a little bit more creativity on it. So he might give it a few low balls in. It might go a little further. So I like either one of them going through, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, that's just... Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I do like Ustakio. They, uh, I mean, if he when he's available, another option that they like to call is Hoyle. I think Hoyle is not bad too. He's, yeah. He's kind of, mm-hmm. Those those three are fine. I think I was starting to sour on who I went during the Gold Cup, but then I realized, oh, it's because because Ustakio's got the play that one play far post, find Victoria and just kind of do it. But no, mm-hmm. I'm fine with all those three doing. But I probably go in order. Probably Davies, Estacchio, Hoylet. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Good good, and, good pairing there. Yeah, good good group yeah, there, yeah. Okay, let's move right. on to the other. Yes, let's hit this. So something I like to do with any guest I have, especially Canadians, seeing who you rank and who you have. So it's, it's a four-person category. It's called Seeing, Dream, Secure, Redeem. So the idea for Seeing is a player who you think is the best in form out of the national team, right? I think that's pretty easy. A dream player is a player who maybe is a youth player, maybe he's in an academy overseas, and he's really picking up form and playing well. Uh, Secure is a dual national player that hasn't declared as of yet or has the potential to declare. Um, I think most Canadian fans were hoping that would be Tamori, but five minutes against Andorra, for yeah. a legendary life in Canada. What is it yeah. with Calgary players choosing England? I don't know what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do. Yeah. And then the fourth would be redeem. So a player who you'd like to see regain their form and rejoin the team. Or maybe they've joined the team, they are on the team, but then they've lost a little bit of their um, sure. form going. So scene, current player, dream, player, a youth player who's coming up, maybe an academy. Uh, secure dual national and then redeem someone you'd like to see playing a little bit better okay Uh, you can go back and forth um or you can just kind of give me all four whichever you want to go actually let's go back and forth okay all right so i think scene is the easiest well technically right now scene the easy answer would be i think from a club standpoint the best player, Canadian player right now is Jonathan David. Yeah, I agree. I was about to say the same because he scored eh, right after the the latest FIFA day for yeah. Lille. I think the last he has weekend, been scoring well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he mm-hmm. scored that nice goal. Oh, that was a nice goal. Oh, I miss it. I'll, I'll look it up later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like your. It was like Gold Cup 2019 goal. Like oh. sent in, cuts it back, far post curler, was beautiful. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so is your scene right now, Jonathan David? Um, uh, I, I, the, I would have chosen the other one, uh, Alfonso Davis. Davis. You know, yeah. Uh, going by what had uh, at least by the latest FIFA, most recent FIFA date, you know, because since he played all three games and whatnot, he, he's been okay with Bayern, although today they had a terrible game, but a whole Bayern squad. I don't know if you're aware that the FV Pokal game, they lost 5-0 to Glabach, Monchegglabach. I don't know if you were I, aware I saw, of I saw, yeah, they were streaming it on uh, YouTube, one, one of the German sites, and they were down 3-0. And I was like, well, they're not winning this one, so... Yeah, he so, can't win them all, boys. Yeah, he missed a game. Of course, he missed a game against Benfica, but Bayern was bloody dominant there, four nil victors in that one. And he did have an assist right after the FIFA day against Lewa. You probably saw a game that he also yeah, allowed. I, I think Leverkusen was it five to one. Yeah. yeah, and then he was sub off because he has a little soreness on his hamstring or something like that. I think it was because he was overworked because of all the games he played mm-hmm. plus, you know. Which was, oh, yeah, yeah and, th- and then they decided to start him right off the bat, where it's like, I get that he's young, but player yeah. development and, like, healthier guys. But, yeah, I, I have no problem with you going with Davies. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't mind. But Davies is a other, great choice, too. Yeah, yeah I agree with David you. is a good choice just based off club. Exactly. And I think a sneaky player coming in, if he continues his good weekend, would be Kyle Lahren. But, like, yeah. Kyle has been slowly starting to chip in goals. But that yeah. is our scene. So, dream a youth player, maybe academy, or someone who's coming up that you're excited about from a Canadian national team standpoint? Okay. Although these players are probably not quite at the level to play for the national team, to be mm-hmm. fair, you know, but probably ready for youth teams, but maybe someday they could see. Some guy that has mm-hmm. really been performing well, although at the youth level, uh, but for a team that recently got promoted to Serie A, Benesia, is a guy called Damiano Pechile. For He's been doing pretty well. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's from oh, the he's, he's in my He was one of my top two, man. So I'm glad that you mentioned him. Oh, very good. Yeah. So you follow it very closely, our player pool. That's great, man. Yeah. Uh, if you, I'll say him. And if he plays a, a role, I think, that we ne- we don't really use or we don't have a player who's a pure, a pure, he's a number 10, if I am correct. You know, we don't really have an actual mm-hmm. pure number 10. So in case he progresses well, I think he'll be a nice option to have, give, add a little more flexibility to our tactical formations in the attack with an actual number 10, you know, with the vision, the passing. Yeah, so that's that's no, one. Yeah, uh, Damiano yeah. is is the yeah he's a Vancouver Whitecaps Academy player. He is, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he is the player that yeah he's one of my two. Um, I was going between him. I know Glaramond is doing well in Austria, and he's coming out on the scene. You have Richie Ennen and stuff, but the player that I am excited to see, um, just because I don't. I respect Sam Piet for what he is doing and what he is. He's a solid defensive player. Yep, I agree. I think if you could get a player such as a Lucas Diaz, who oh, is yeah. playing, um, and he's like the other version of Canadian prospects because you have the academy players, the duels, and then the players who just left early mm-hmm. and can be and are now try countries that you can go yeah. to playing again. Who Lucas uh, Diaz? Yeah, I think yeah, he's in sporting, but mostly playing for the reserves. Yeah, he's playing for the the second team, but he's playing playing regularly. He's 
performing quite well, I heard. And he was in the U23, you know. It looks like he is committed to yeah. Canada, which is great to see, you know. And yeah. based on his social media activity, you know, I've seen that he likes a lot of posts of the CSA and, can he, and current players from the squad. So those are great signs. Yeah. But, yeah, I get get your point. And he's an actual 10, I think, to be fair, more than a defensive yeah. midfielder. So, yeah, that will be another great but, option. Yeah. But even if he just becomes an eight, like you give him that, you give us the youth and the flexibility. Of course. You can play K more as a outright, because you can play K anywhere in the midfield and you True. can play a Stachio pretty much six to eight. So you mm-hmm. add another player that can either be that. And you're thinking of like those aging players, not that 29 is aging, but like Osorio has maybe this World Cup and maybe a bench role in another one. But you got to mm-hmm. start to replace those players coming through. Uh, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. In the case of P, as you mentioned, he's good. You know, he does a good role of what they call the destroyal, defending, you know, that mm-hmm. defensive middle, front of center. But I feel he's a little limited because uh, you probably may, ag- I don't know if you'll agree, he's, he doesn't offer much offensively, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not the most athletic of guy. I mean, he's pretty strong, you know, giving his build, you know, a little chubby and whatnot, but but he doesn't offer oh, much no. in the offense, yeah. Or doesn't oh, have the agreed. vision of Eustachio, for instance, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam Kiet is where all offense goes to die. Right? Exactly. Yours mm-hmm. and the opposition's. So There you go, yeah. Like, I'm fine with him, but yeah, I would love to get him. I don't mind him off the bench to play, but like... Likewise, I think same with me, yeah. Yeah. All right. So now who is your dream player, a player who's a duel that you can get that you would love to secure? Okay. Uh, my, my dream player or someone, you know, I, uh, again, I, I just stick to our current core of players and I am pleased or not. But I mean, if one was to join down the road, you know, of course, just like mm-hmm. you and all fans would be happy. So, and especially giving our forward situation, uh, someone that could have been very useful, interesting to try out, you know, this past winter would would be Daniel Javison from from yes. uh, League One at the moment. I forgot the name. I think Burton Albion is the club he's in right now. Yes, in a Albion, yeah. He will be my my top uh, pick, you know. And I think he's the most likely of other duels that maybe we are trying to track down, you know, to maybe join. Mm-hmm. But again, don't expect anytime soon. But he certainly is. More likely, like, say, a Fede Cariolo or Marcelo Florio already seemed that he's going to stick to Mexico. He, the dad mm-hmm. already informed that, I heard in a tweet. So I think he's the more likely to maybe join at some point. No, yeah. I think, yeah, I think Flores would have been, like, the ideal player because they yeah. have that youth. And, and Flores is a pretty dynamic 10 himself. So if you have, mm-hmm. like, Flores, Diaz, and Damiano as a midfield trio, either playing them as dual eights and a 10 or just a 10 overall, like that's nice depth to have coming through. Jebison, like I used to be, I need Jebison, but I, it's not that I don't need him. Yeah. I realize the depth that we actually have, but I'm not turning him away. Let's be clear here. Just because I don't think I need him doesn't mean that if he says, of course. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not opening that door. Yeah. But, but in a situation, you know, like where you didn't have Calf or Larry, and I think he could be a guy useful. Definitely, I would, I mean, if he was committed, I would choose him over someone like, say, Tasha Kindele. Like, <laughs> that's a no-brainer there, you know, just, yeah. just to give you an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no, I, I agree. Another guy that uh, some of my people who I chat about, you know, Canadian football whatnot in my WhatsApp group that we seem to be pretty high about, but are a little disappointed. It seems like the 
uh, he, the coach at his club didn't give him much opportunity this season, but he he's shown very well at the youth level for his club. He's from the Whitecaps prospect, like the Chile is Habibula, Hamram yes. Habibula. Yeah. Yes. He looks promising too, but I I think he didn't earn much opportunities this year with the Whitecaps, with the main squad that is, you know, like. Yeah, and the, I mean the Whitecaps have been just like an interesting mm-hmm. case study this year overall because it's like. You have the players, you bring in, you brought in Cavallini to do something, and then it's like, you know, we're better without him. Um, yeah. Yeah, we don't really need him to go through. So I understand, like, not being able to have that room to really do well, and that makes sense. I'm not, it doesn't kill me, but it's definitely a cool thing. Um, hmm, who is my player? I mean, the obvious one would have been Tamari, but we've lost that. Yeah, um, we should forget him, you know. Uh, as I'll much as it pains to say, you know, but yeah. Yeah, and you know, like you wish him the best in his journey. For sure, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, hmm, let me actually... There was another player I was thinking about, but I've completely lost him, and that's fine. But I'm just going to say... Um, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to say Jebison because having another striker in the pool would be great. Yeah. But like, it's like, I don't want to sound like we have a lot of players, but we are a lot deeper than we realize. We have a lot of strikers that are playing well. Right. And if the ones that we're looking forward to actually are able to like develop. So like if if Corbin knew it turns it around, that's another player you have. Yep. Right. You're right. And that, and he's technically, I mean, he trained as a center forward, but he's playing more as a winger. So mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, could you play Tejon, for example, more centrally as a 10, yeah. which is a scary thing. You put Laren up top or Jebison, then you have Corbinu and like, and that's just, that's not looking at Enin. That's not looking at Theo Bear. Like we, there are a lot of options. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Jebison for now as my pick. As oh. player, I would love to commit. I mean, yeah. he does technically also have what's it called? He could also represent Jamaica. And, yeah, that is true. Yeah, Jamaican descent. And one of the and one of the things that they said, and which is kind of why I think I would, out of the two of them, I would rather see Flores. And yeah, I would rather see Flores as the player because if I know I have to play against that for the next like ten years. I'd rather have it. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, if you listen to some of the Jamaican fans talk, it's like, we had to play against Junior Hoylet scoring goals against us for the last, what, seven years? And yeah. he could have played for us. That's right? So true. in that same yeah. breath, like, look at the States with Pepe. Pepe's going to be scoring goals, probably a few against Mexico. Yeah. And they could have had that. So if you're telling me I can avoid having a player who I could have had, yeah, yeah let, let, me get him, let me get him right here. Exactly. Like. But you had another name you said in mind, but you just can't remember, you said at the moment, right? Yeah, but, I had another name. That's I'm okay. Literally... When you remember, just share with me. Uh, you just send me an email or something. I'll be intrigued to know to see if it's someone I'm missing out or someone I already mm-hmm. know. But you know what name I want to add? Although technically it's not as part of the duel, more 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 fits in the other category of the yeah. youth ones, you know. But 
Teoretto yeah. is a dual, uh, like Jabo, Jamaican descent. Uh, Marshall Rudy from Toronto FC is someone that I would like to see at some point join the full men's national team. And he's getting regular playing times lately with TFC because obviously it's a lost season for Toronto FC. Yeah. So they're trying to get playing time, especially to their younger player. Well, he's the one that has probably seemed to show that he's more game ready and whatnot. He hasn't disappointed for his has some solid performance hasn't scored a goal or anything but i heard he's played quite well you know i've seen comments and no and yeah, yeah he's uh, someone i'm excited about for the future yeah mm-hmm. i think tfc has been an interesting player like tfc and vancouver have basically been like the pipeline primarily for the national team i agree um, and not to ignore uh, CF Montreal, but like I'd like to see Mathieu Chouinier have a chance with the national yeah. team. I think that he's been playing another... well. So yeah. like I'd like to see him get a chance there too. In a perfect world, like if we qualify on points and then we can start playing some youth players, bring them in just to have them have yeah. a look because we don't have that many other windows. Yeah. And, like the U20s won't be there as much. But yeah, those would be my those would be my thoughts in terms of players that I would think. And then the last category, as I try to think of who that player was, and I go to transfer market and try to find the player. Um, um, who is the player on that you'd like to see regain form and join the team? Uh, uh, okay, a player that uh, I would like to see regain form. I kind of mentioned him earlier, although he he only played one one game, you know, the last winner even and was called but was not game ready. Is Cavallini Cav. I think he can be an. I think he still. I still think he's an important striker for us, especially because he's being around, has a lot, knows the environment very well, has some, you know, good cohesion chemistry with the player, namely with Osorio. You know, he and Osorio are good buddies and whatnot. You mm-hmm. know, and and yeah, and just with some of the other guy, he's already being around, knows the coaching staff. So I mean, he's a guy I would like to kind of see regain his form. You know. Even at the club level, well, I don't know if the Whitecaps will make it to the playoffs, but uh, let's see if he gets going, you know, in the playoffs or before that, you know. But yeah, some it's calf for would be would be my guy, my choice right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Cavallini is a good is a good shout. Um, hmm. for you, who would that be? That is, and this is probably the one that I've thought about the most, um, just because it's it's tough to think of a player who is no longer in the program that I think is deserving. Right. right. Oh yeah, they're all out. If they're if they're not part of the national team, pitchers probably means that they are done. I, I hate yeah, to say. Yeah. So it's like you look at a player like could a Russell Tybert fit in this team? It's like he could be mm. on the team. Maybe, but maybe, why, but not guaranteed. why is he on the team, right? Right, yeah. And certain players, if you're going to mention someone like, say, uh, this is going kind of way back, you know, someone like a Kyle Beck or a Marcus Haver, they're, compl- they're for sure are done with the national team. They are, yeah. They're history now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, like, because of that, it's like, okay, who are the players that you think, okay, who's there? Do you want a team but a regain form? I don't know. I like I I'm afraid with the team, but like this is going to be the year that he finally drops off. But then it's like it doesn't happen this year. Though you yeah. can see he's slowing down. But at the same time, you're like, but who can we actually get to really perform and come back? I think right now, just because he got injured, and I'd love to see him as like that a bit more of that calming presence. 
he doesn't have the pace that he used to have, but he's still a useful player. Who would that be? I think I'd like to see Junior Hoylet like have one good, one more good run here. Um, yeah, to get like top form here. Um, That'll be just a good because, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because he's like he's the perfect calming presence for a different environment, especially when you go on the road against some of your like Central American teams where those environments can be hostile and interesting. I think having a junior Hoylet in form really does help. And if, you know, you're losing your cool, you can put him back in and play a little bit more reserved on that aspect. So that would be my player for, like, if I can get him playing well again. Yeah. Um, this would be, that would be my column. Like, I'm looking at, da, 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 looking at last year's roster and no, no. I think the inch, I think, okay, to be honest, the answer most people would be looking for would be Scott Arfield. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. But the problem is, like, can you honestly say right now that he is deserving of a spot on the roster? And, like, he's not really even playing for his club. Yeah. So you can't really justify him being on the roster here if he's mm-hmm. not like playing club right so like that would be the player that i think should be the pick but i'm gonna go with hoylet just because i think he would be a much better player to come into form him or and he had one good game but him or cornelius i would love to see cornelius come through and actually a small like <laughs> This player is a good shout, and I didn't think about him, but I'm just going to shout him out because I saw him on a – if you saw JD, uh, Josh did a Canadian Abroad series on YouTube. And okay. he brought up this player and Manjurakar James. Oh, yeah, I remember this guy, yeah. Right? He's going to be important, especially once you get to, like, April. I mean, not April, I mean January. Once January, MLS February, season yeah. is done, and most of your cops are going to be Europe-based. Yeah. So, like – having him in form is going to be a very important thing. So he would be the player I think would be the call out for having that actual being in form outside of the ones that I had said. Yeah. And a very, (laughs) because I see this guy mad speaking of like development failing um, in a perfect world, could can is Baloo Tabla redeemable or is he done? Huh. Good, good point. Uh, I know all the hype that was around Ken and remember how everyone was fearful that maybe he was never gonna play for Ken. I was gonna go Cote d'Ivoire when he first started because everybody saw that he was almost Davis level. Like you know he was re- seen re- as a top yeah. prospect. Remember when we had him and Davies and we thought we these are gonna be two big things and then he went to Barcelona and we're like yo we're set. And now, like, some games he's not even making Montreal starting, like, not even making the game day roster. Exactly, yeah. He's hardly playing, you know. I did. Uh, he did have a strong game, although, uh, mind you, in the in the, in the the cup competition, I don't know if you were aware yeah. of the Canadian Champions. I saw that. I saw that goal, game, yeah. Two good goals, especially the first one was nice, but he kind of... Yeah. This, uh, he kind of banished after that. I don't think he's played at the MLS level with Coupe de Foot since that time, so... Yeah, he played I mean, a bit this weekend, but like he's like the ultimate like can peak early, and the hype can be real. But then, and yeah. again, this this name is is stinging for all Ghanaians. But 
he could almost be the Freddie Adu of Canada soccer, where we thought like he was going to be something, and then yeah, he never really panned out the way we wanted him to. True. Yeah. That. Yeah. It could be. Could make a case for. It. I think maybe more uh, winning, winning. Well, uh, some guy. I don't know if you remember named Handsome Boakai. Some some consider yes, him yes. gonna be the Freddie Adu. But then again, to be fair, he never really make a big club move, you know. But he did show mm-hmm. a lot of promise when he first started. You know, playing with uh, I think in the end back then there was a there was the NASL which was like what you know like a, a, a Twitter with the USL or something like that or yeah, was there yeah, instead yeah. yeah like and the guy really got lost because he came to the camp hill last year but I don't think he really impressed and I don't even know if he's playing at the moment yeah so yeah yeah you no know, player like that like I mean naming those ones it's just like yeah I think yeah. I would say for me right now, if we can get a Hoylet in form by the next window, that would be great. Yeah. Um, and then like our field would be interesting if Atiba still hurt. Yeah. Um, but I need him to be informed too. But like that yeah. dark horse, dark horse outside of James, because we'll need a center back depth. And he does play right. So okay. if he does play right, that means we can finally rest Alistair Johnson. Who, that right. man needs to sit down at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I were if I was just throwing a quarter and hoping for luck, um, it'd be Balutabla because like oh. if you could get him back in, that's like another piece of foul money, and he's he's only twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. So exactly. Like we can, you can be patient with him. He might be a late bloomer, or you know he might just you know file a one time switch, join the Ivory Coast, and then regain his form there, which right. would suck, but. Yeah. I think I think we have time with him. I think making the Olympics would have been huge for him to yeah. play against a little bit better competition, but what can you really do there? Exactly, yeah. And he but, missed a sitter. He missed quite a sitter in the U23 against Aite. I don't know if you recall that in a counter. I did, yeah. yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I saw that, and I was just like, oh, that hurt. Yeah. That really did hurt. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, this... This has been a good conversation, Alejandro. I've really enjoyed having you on. Yeah, likewise. I really enjoyed talking about, you know, our national team, our player pools, and and the bright future ahead because the team does look good and looks looks promised, looks great going forward, and hoping we can get the best of results, you know, next month. Well, that's what I hope. Indeed, now. indeed. So, because I know you do have some content that you create, um. Tell the people where they can find you if they wanted to find some of your podcasts or if you're on Twitter or any other social medias. Let the people know where they can find you. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, uh, for for the time being, they, uh, they can they can find they can find me in um, they can find me in Twitter. You know, uh, I will mm-hmm. I will uh, I'll just give you my Twitter handle right now. Just give me a second. Okay. I don't. So I haven't been using it. Uh, I don't use it all the time, to be fair. You yeah. Know? It's a footballero nine nine zero. So eight footballero nine nine zero. A f u t b o l e r o nine nine zero. Perfect. And then yeah. your podcast that you've been doing, which I mean, I've listened to all the episodes and I've loved. Oh, that was the Footy and Beer with... podcast or something. So I. I, uh, this fan, fellow fan of us, uh, you know, uh, uh, calls me in to chat, you know, we should get him in yeah. the show some future time or if I, 
join if he calls me next time i'll try to get you in as well so we can have no, a three-way sure, conversation sure. be interesting no too. would love it yeah and i would love to talk with you again as well by the way oh, yeah. oh indeed indeed i would lo i love this conversation and like again getting the conversations going i've seen a lot of people like a lot to talk about with it but i think there's so much more depth like i'm I'm even trying to get someone to talk about the women's team and like everything's happening in women's soccer right now because even that is a conversation that's worth having but yeah there's a lot happening with soccer and football in the country and i'm excited just to be another part of it um for those of me too me, yeah so footy and beer is where you can find him and he gave you the twitter again i'll put that in the description so you'll be able to see it there as for me, you know where to find me. Um, if you're listening to this, you are currently found. If not, um, you can find me on Twitter at Africans, um, which is Afri0Cans. So A-F-R-I, the number zero, C-A-N-S on Twitter. And that will be where you can find us for Twitter. We're usually tweeting something every day. Um, and it's usually just retweeting or liking something about Canadians abroad and going there. And you can find us on Instagram at the same account with our one post, our solidarity one post, which is great. But yeah, you can find this on all streaming platforms. Um, it's been great uh, talking with you, Alejandro. Guys, I hope you guys got a good conversation. If you have any questions, feel free to send it to us at either of our Instagrams or our Twitters especially. And tune in next time till we continue this conversation. Probably check in with the rest of the team and see how we're doing. But until then, you guys have fun and bye-bye for now.